You're listening to Fly By Night, a podcast by FedEx Pilots for FedEx Pilots. Brought to you by the FedEx Master Executive Council of the Airline Pilots Association. And now, here's your host, MEC Communications Chair, Captain Chris Lee. My guests today are Trip Services Committee Chair, Captain Jay Owen, and Trip Services Vice Chair, Captain Don Unwin. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Chris. Jay, talk a little bit about your background and how you got involved in union work. Well, I learned to fly in the Air Force. I flew the Herc C-130s and active duty in the Air National Guard. And then I got hired in 2000. I've got uh, a kind of a unique background. There's a few of us, but I've been to all the FDAs, Subic, Hong Kong, and uh, Europe. I've flown the Airbus, the uh, MD-11 the most. And also for a short time, I was excess down to Indy when Indy first opened. Excess is a term from the old contract. I went down there, I flew the 7.6 Classic, and I've obviously flown the 7.5. And right now, I'm in triple seven training, so uh, trying to check all the boxes. I will never forget when I was a uh, new hire on IOE, an old Tiger guy told me that uh, you'll, there'll come a time when you'll have a chance to serve your pilots. And so I held that in my back of my head when I was doing my military work. And then when I was in Europe, I had the opportunity to to run for uh, LEC chairman over there, and I did that and won, and I served on the MEC. However, just because of the nature of coming back to the U.S., uh, I didn't serve the full term because I, I moved domiciles back to Anchorage. So looking for other service, and uh, I was approached about trip services, and uh, that's why I got in this job about uh, three years ago, two and a half years ago. And Don, what about you? So uh, like Jay, I have an Air Force background as well. I uh, came here Got hired in 02, was in the two-year pool, started in 04, spent five years in the back seat and the right seat of the 7-2, and then uh, been in the Airbus since uh, 2009, about 10 years in the right seat, a little over three in the left seat now. A few years back, definitely, I was looking for something uh, to get involved with in the union. Talked to a few folks, and they were putting out advertisements looking for people to do hotel inspections as part of the Trip Services Committee. So I got involved with that. Unfortunately, you know, the pandemic slowed all that down. But uh, once we started going again, I jumped right in and uh, got very involved in inspections for about uh, about a two-year timeline in there, uh, at which time Jay approached me about becoming the uh, vice chairman of the committee when uh, that position opened up. So I've been doing that here for about six months. Well, talk some about the goal for your committee. Well, Chris, our goal is to create a superior business relationship with FedEx Alpa and FedEx Express in an effort to provide the best quality hotels, catering, and ground transportation. We want to do this in order to meet the needs of our crew force at a business reasonable cost, but also taking into account the immense contribution our pilots have made to the company. And a large portion of that for us, I think, you know, Jay, is, is the relationship that we have. And we'll talk more probably about the uh, Crew Travel Services Division, but it's, it's a very relationship-based job and committee because a lot of our ability to make changes comes from our working relationship with CTS. And the Trip Service Committee, it falls under the scheduling committee. So talk some about exactly what your committee does. That's correct. We're subcommittee of the uh, scheduling committee. We are defined in the FedEx MEC policy manual, but we're also under Section 5 of the CBA. We're specifically addressed in there. So that's important information to remember. Don and I, on a daily basis, deal with crew travel services, as you mentioned, CTS, uh, to address problems, hot issues with a hotel, ground transportation, catering. Based on the experience we've had where we currently fly, I primarily handle the uh, international layovers and those issues, and Don handles the domestic and Mexico hotels too. 
important to note us, we're the one of the few committees whom CTS or even the company in general shares closed insights. So we have a lot of information about what is going on in the system. These insights and then darts that our pilots submitted keep us informed of the issues and we work to be proactive and to solve them by working with CTS. And a lot of your issues really became highlighted during COVID. That's absolutely true. COVID was quite a challenge for us. The feedback the pilots gave was wonderful in that we had the data to attack. Now, some of the efforts we made weren't fully realized, but COVID continues to a degree to be a challenge for us. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention and give a personal thanks to uh, Captain Jared Hatfield, who was the previous vice chair. He was the vice chair during most of COVID, and he stepped up and just did an amazing job for our pilots. So you mentioned the data. It's important for our pilots to understand the importance of putting in darts to your committee. And I know y'all have received a ton of darts, especially because of COVID. There's still a lot of great feedback coming in from uh, layovers in China, especially. All those reports need to keep coming. Everything the company does in terms of hotels and catering is based upon data. Insights is the biggest thing they want to see. The darts help us tremendously because we don't see those insights like Jay was referring to until they're all closed out. Sometimes it takes a lot of investigative work, and so it can be two, three-week turnaround on an insight to be fully closed out. Unfortunately, until it is closed out, we don't see that. However, if folks can copy and paste whatever they put in the insight, just do a dart and send it to us. That way we know there is a problem going on, and we can also address it directly with the CTS folks. And oftentimes, we'll end up getting four or five, maybe even more than that, darts letting us know there's a problem before we hear anything from the company. Like I said, sometimes that takes up to three weeks or a month for everything to fully close out. Your committee meets regularly with the company. Can you talk about that some? Yeah, Chris, that is actually required in Section 5 of the CBA, that we meet quarterly with TTS. We discuss layover parameters, upcoming inspections, uh, catering world menu changes, and no cat versus cities that have are having trouble catering, the CTS travel plans to inspect, and, and then a lot of the pressing issues that we have at the time. Now that COVID has waned a little bit, we're doing them face-to-face again. They were via Zoom, but it's our time to, to really get to engage with our counterparts at the company on a personal basis and build those relationships that help us get the hotels and the catering that we deserve. Yeah, I think it's a good time for us to sit down and really communicate with them more than just in a text type of message on an insight or an email. These are truly the types of hotels that crew members prefer. And I will say, CTS tries to get us the type of hotels that we prefer. There's obviously pressures, price pressure and whatnot, but generally within a market, they can find hotels that satisfy our needs and the company needs as well. And by having this meeting, it really allows us to uh, sit down and talk about those particular hotels It also allows us to say, man, if we could find a similar type hotel in another city, then that's something we can work with too. And it's just, it's building the relationships, just like Jay said. And you talked about the inspections and the hotel selection process. Talk some to the pilots about how that works and how your committee's involved with that. So it's a pretty involved process. That's kind of one thing I want people to understand. It's not something that takes place overnight. It can take place overnight with an immediate security concern or something along those lines, but that's not going to be a full inspection process. That's just going to be a hotel relocation temporarily. As far as the inspection process goes, when a contract's coming up for expiration and we have asked for the market to be sourced for new hotels or if the company decides they would like to source it, then they go out and they put out an RFP within that market. 
after they get a few hotels that they're comfortable with, they will send out the uh, CTS inspector, and that person will go out and run the inspections for that city as well. They'll come back, compile a report, and submit that to our committee. Jay and I will look at those reports, and we will then assign one of our committee members to go do the hotel inspections for that city. When we go there to do the inspections, it's pretty, pretty involved process. It's about a 24-hour stay at each hotel. We like to get a good feel for the overnight volume level in the hotel and end the daytime. We want to make sure we, we sample it for both the day sleeper and the night sleeper. We have a very extensive checklist, everything from the hotel restaurant, the hotel security, hotel fire systems, the gym, and then personally when I go on the inspections, I'll spend hours walking around kind of in circles around the hotel and just expanding it out for a couple miles just to see what amenities are there and also what potential threats are there. After our inspector finishes the inspection, then they'll compile a report that they submit to uh, the chair and myself. We'll review that report, and then Jay will submit our final committee recommendation to CTS for contracting. And uh, since this process has been in effect for several years here, CTS has only not taken the Trip Services Committee recommendation once. So it's just really important for our pilots to know that their peers, their fellow pilots are out there and having a uh, very big input into the hotels we lay over in. And we'd like to thank all our Trip Services Committee volunteers for the hard work they do for our pilots. And one thing I'll add on to that is right now it's a very challenging time with hotels. Hotels are very, very sold out, busy right now. They don't want air crew business, and then our layover patterns even make it more complicated. All airlines are having this trouble. I've spoken to our counterparts at multiple other hotel committees around the country, and they are definitely having problems, and there are certain markets that are obviously more troublesome than others. A lot of times we're not getting as many choices as we'd like in a market, but unfortunately, people just aren't bidding on our business right now. You've mentioned that CTS stands for Crew Travel Services. Talk some about the makeup of the CTS group and your relationship working with them. Yeah, so the CTS, it's comprised of a manager, and then they have five hotel specialists and two catering specialists. There's also one more administrative position within CTS. The catering specialists have been working in the food services industries for years, and they're both very responsive to both crew member and committee requests and needs. They are very, very involved. Anytime some sort of problem comes up, they're, they're on it right away. And it can be complicated because obviously a lot of these kitchens are located halfway around the world. So they've got to have their relationships as well, language barriers to deal with. Uh, and they really do a good job, and they work very hard to uh, provide quality meals as much as possible around the world. The five hotel specialists, some of them have been with the company for as many as 35 years, and a couple of them have been here less than two. But they're all very experienced, and they have extensive knowledge in both hotel management and contracting. As we keep emphasizing, we have a very good working relationship with CTS at the present time. The specialists, both catering and hotel specialists, have proven to both of us that they're out to find us good hotels and the best catering they can. As Don mentioned, they do have pressure from above. But we've had some success upgrading domestic hotels in the last couple of years, even during the pandemic. And we're working on some international hotels upcoming. Don mentioned the travel industry is facing some serious manpower issues, as well as hotels not wanting our business. So these are some challenges that CTS faces and uh, other airlines face. But we keep pressing them. We have uh, had some success. They've spent some more money in some cities than they had previously thought they would need to or had to, to to ensure better layovers. So we just continually press to uh, improve the layovers for our pilots. 
Well, we've talked some about the roles and responsibilities and what your committee does. Help the pilots understand what your committee can do and what your committee can't do. Oh, Chris, I think that's important. We work diligently to prove our layovers, but we have to follow Section 5 of the CBA. We don't have the ability as a committee to dictate to the company to move hotel, provide a new G2 provider. We use the data, which we are so thankful for. We use the data and we approach them with the data. If we get to a point with CTS that we are not making any progress and we are not happy with their chosen hotel or ground transportation or catering, we can engage our MEC leadership. And under Section 5B4B2 of the CBA, the chair of the MEC sends a letter to the vice president of flight operations. Now, the VP of flight ops, by the contract, has to respond, has to do a report, and give it back to the uh, chairman. Since I've been the chair, and Chris had already mentioned, you had already mentioned about the uh, pandemic's role in this and COVID, um, we've had to use this four times, and I think previously it was used maybe once or twice in the previous decade. So we've used it four times in the last two and a half years. Two times we got out of hotels that were just totally unsuitable. One was in Guangzhou and one was in Taipei. We also did one for Guangzhou because of the rooms were just too hot for our pilots to get adequate rest. Uh, and then recently we've had the one in Taipei, and that one did not yield the results we would hope. I mean, people that have flown over there and stayed over there in the past before we moved recently have know what I'm talking about with the poor food and the inability to order food when you want. What I want pilots to understand is under our current CBA, that's the biggest hammer we have, and we have used it and we're willing to use it. It's important to understand with the scope of our committee that we actually work with CTS, Crew Travel Services. When you're out on the road and your pairing gets revised or you leave Memphis on an extra pairing, all of the hotel and limousine services on that are dealt with by the Flight Services Desk, FSD, and they work directly for crew scheduling. They do not fall under the same structure as Crew Travel Services. So they typically will try to use the same hotels and the same transportation companies that are used on a regular basis. That's obviously the easiest answer, and they know it's something that we're happy with. Sometimes, however, those hotels are sold out, and they will go to a backup list they have, and once they get past that backup list, then they just go essentially to the Internet and find a hotel that they think will meet our needs. So a lot of times we get darts and insights on hotels that happen as a result of an ex-pairing or a uh, revision, and just understand those don't go through the same inspection committee process that all of our bid-pack hotels go through. And I want all our pilots to understand, especially our captains, if you find yourself because of a revision or an extension in a hotel that is not suitable for getting crew rest, call the DO. Do not accept getting inadequate rest trying to uh, just tough it out. Call the DO. Well, always a hot topic is non-contract hotels. Can you talk to the pilots some about that? And, and the big issue that we see with the non-contract hotels is the expense reporting. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk about that because that's obviously a topic that gets brought up all the time both when we have personal interaction with the pilots every time we're flying, and then, of course, in darts and insights. The non-contract hotels give the company a lot of flexibility. Sometimes that's because there's a temporary construction issue in a certain city and they just want to move us away from that noise. Other times it's because the hotel that we currently use is no longer providing the required service that we need. So either at the end of the contract, sometimes even before the end of the contract, we'll move out of that hotel, and before the entire bid and inspection process can take place, we need somewhere to stay so the company will find a new non-contract hotel. There's a lot of those right now. A lot of that is based on the fact that we're coming out of the pandemic and so many hotels backed up on their contract. And we've gotten so many reports via Insight and Dart 
that we need to make a change. So there's a lot of changes right now, a lot of non-contract hotels. I know that causes consternation with everybody because of the whole receipt process, and it is frustrating. But realize most of the times we're in a better hotel dealing with that non-contract situation. We've gotten out of a hotel that was a problem. Some of those hotels were security concerns. That's happened a couple times. For instance, here in Memphis recently, we had to move from hotels out to the Germantown area due to security. And then some of the times it's just because the hotel is no longer providing the service we need. We had that in uh, Columbus, Ohio, Rickenbacker, one of the hotels. The air conditioning just stopped working, essentially. They claimed it was just in some rooms and they could move us to the proper rooms. But week after week, we had more and more reports. So we just had to get out of the hotel. It was starting to get too hot. So we're in a non-contract hotel there right now which unfortunately has not been great either, but we're going to be going through the entire inspection process right now, selecting a better hotel in that city. Since COVID, and the pilots will know that the use of non-contract hotels has exploded, part of the reason is because crew travel services was not allowed to travel either, and so they could not do any inspections. Thus, we couldn't get any follow-on inspections, and this is the case a lot of places in Europe and Asia. But Crew Travel Services has now traveled to Europe, which was a big move. They finally got permission for international travel. So hopefully a lot of these international hotels, at least a number of them, will start decreasing. Can you talk some about the process of changing a non-contract hotel into a contract hotel and the fact that it seems like some of the non-contract hotels stay in that status for a long time? And that's a very good point. And, you know, Milan is an example where we they found an excellent non-contract hotel. We get a lot of positive reports about it. And it's hard for them to understand why it's still non-contract, and I understand that. There is a very distinct process that we have to go through with CTS, and CTS actually has to inspect the hotel and competing hotels if there are any in the area. And then we have to follow up with a pilot input because we do not want it just to be in the hands of the company. And then after that, there's a legal process where – the hotel and FedEx legal have to come to their agreement, which sometimes is fairly quick and sometimes is very laborious. But um, the important thing that I want pilots to realize is this process is important and it's and it's worked well and it gets pilot involvement. So I understand their frustration, but I don't want to give up the opportunity for us to inspect the hotels and have our pilots there. And I will add, too, it, we are slowly getting through some of these non-contract hotels. I'm not going to say that we're not going to have more added as this process takes place, but right now, this week, we currently have two cities which will be going into the contract process. So we're those numbers are getting lower. It's just not a rapid process all the time, like Jay was saying. And one thing I know for sure is that each month, Trip Services Committee is involved in the SIG notes. Can you talk to the pilots about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, every month, we put together essentially a worldwide document telling our pilots what's going on with hotels domestically and internationally. And from that, people can get a really good idea of which hotels are giving us trouble, which hotels we need reports on, and which hotels are coming up for contract in the near future. We also do uh, a section in there that includes the catering issues going on around the world as well. And it's important to note, these are at the end of the SIG notes, so you have to get through your actual airplane that you're on in your domicile to get to the bottom of them, but we highly recommend you read them. Uh, During COVID, a lot of it was about the hotel lockdowns and the different uh, procedures that COVID was requiring. Now we're getting back to, you know, we're inspecting new hotels. We need feedback from new hotels, um, hotels that might have issues. And it's just a really good document to let uh, our pilots know what's going on in the system with our layovers and our catering. Well, Jay and Don, thanks so much for coming. Any final thoughts? Chris, I just want to impress on the pilots how important it is they continue to do such a great job 
submitting insights and copying us to the darts. It makes our job busy, but it also makes our job a lot easier. We can't do anything without the data. FedEx is a data-driven company. Your input that the pilots give us, that is what we use to make positive change. Remember to maintain professionalism in your, uh, in your input, but please keep them coming. The big thing I referred to earlier in this podcast was there's a lot of hotels that just don't want our business right now. I was at a, a conference a few weeks ago with uh, representatives from the hotel committees from multiple airlines, and there are four or five cities around the country where pretty much nobody can find a hotel right now. Nobody wants airline business. Then I talk with UPS, and then we're on a whole nother level. So they didn't want airline business, and then they really don't want airline business with day sleepers. So it's very, very difficult right now to find hotels that want our business. And the folks in CTS are working hard to do that. They get on the phone, they get on the email, they try to get partners interested in our business. But it's, it's very challenging right now. Have patience in the contracting process and realize that we need to wait sometimes to get a good number of reports before we can approach the company about a hotel change. We, we need to make sure that we can go in there with the data. When they pull it up in their system, they can say, oh, yeah, this hotel has been a problem. This city's been a problem. So we need to address that. And, of course, there's some things that are almost out of our control, such as government mandates. And then, of course, anytime a security or safety concern comes up, those will always take priority. The last couple of things I want to say is positive feedback is also very important. It's really motivating for crew travel services and us. And it also allows us to take, hey, this hotel works in this city. This is the kind of hotel we want in another city and give them references. In addition to that, we've had a lot of pilots that spend a lot of time in the city or live in a city will give us recommendations and we'll pass those along to CTS. And at the very least, CTS will reach out to them to see if they want airline business. So please continue to do that. And the last thing I want to say is thanks to the pilots for all the support during the pandemic. Obviously, this time has been challenging for everybody, especially our international pilots and those that fly to Asia still are encountering this. We have spent a, a lot of time fighting to to get out of those lockdown hotels, you know, with little success. But when people approach me on the road or in the crew room, the support has been outstanding. I want to say thank you for the pilots for having our, our back during this challenging time for our committee. Well, thanks again for coming, and thanks for listening. If you have any questions, please go to our website, fdx.alpa.org, and utilize the DART link. And as always, be safe out there, and we'll see you next time.